Welcome to the FMCA Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sandra Scheinbaum, founder and CEO of FMCA. Along with a team of co-hosts, we'll be bringing you conversations that will inspire you and pique your interest in functional medicine health coaching, including the business side of coaching. Today, we're going to talk about an important topic, and then it has to do with sleep. Sleep better, live better. That is the mission of one of our FMCA graduates, and I'm going to introduce him, and he can tell you about how he came to FMCA and about his work. So let me introduce to you Daniel White. He is an FMCA graduate, and he's the founder of the Sleep Better, Live Better Foundation. It's a site where he helps people, uh, particularly in Guernsey. He's going to tell you all about that uh, to get better sleep. So uh, welcome, Daniel. It's so great to talk with you today. Thank you, Sandy. It's so lovely to be here. It feels like I'm coming really full circle after many years of, you know, following your guys' work, um, obviously training with you and then building my business over the last uh, four or five years. It feels um, very serendipitous and, and enjoyable to be back here with you to talk about it today. How did you come to Functional Medicine Coaching Academy? Tell us about yeah. your background. Sure. So let me try and wrap this up. I, I get better and better at telling this every time with less words. Um, when I was uh, in my youth from about the age of 13 to, to 16 or 17, I didn't have a very great time. Um, I was very heavily addicted to video gaming, which I know is uh, kind of a commonality around much of the youth these days. Um, but back then, around you know, 15, 16, 17 years ago, um, playing my consoles all the time, you know, terrible diet, lack of movement, all of these sorts of things, my health really spiraled. Um, and I was very um, obese. Uh, I was very overweight, very anxious, very depressed, and um, had lots of challenges, I should say. And I went to university, um, just about got into university through my studies and, and various ditched attempts at um, dropping out of school, which never worked according to my mum's wants and needs for me. Um, got to university to study psychology. Um, and I always uh, laugh when I look back now and say, you know, three years studying psychology taught me a lot about how not to treat people. Um, because in my undergraduate degree, all we did was talk about drug therapies. All we did was talk about, you know, um, counseling, you know, spoken counseling, and maybe a little bit about, um, you know, uh, movement as, as medicine. Um, but I was suffering with eczema, um, paralysis, uh, allergies, some digestive related issues, um, as well as these kind of um, mental um, constructs that I was, you know, dealing with in my mind, my own kind of self-diagnosis. Um, and after doing my psychology degree, I became very interested in nutrition because it was something that I'd always looked at from the point of view of, you know, a calorie in, calorie out model and, you know, uh, moving, moving more and eating less and, and being really rigid. Um, but I never really understood the power of food as medicine. And so when a master's degree came up to study uh, what was at the time nutritional neuroscience, I, I jumped at the, the opportunity. Um, and it was around the same time that I came across uh, Dr. Mark Hyman, and I'm sure you know well, um, and many of his books and, and Rob Wolf and the kind of paleo movement. And I began alongside my kind of master's studies, which again was still very clinical um, and old school in, in kind of its approach to nutrition. I began to embrace the world of functional medicine. So I think um, 
Dr. Chris Kresser was actually one of the first guys, or Kressler was one of the first guys uh, I listened to, you know, every podcast I possibly could, absorbed all the the books, you know, we're probably going back eight or nine years ago, there was there was a lot to read, but probably not as much as there is now. Um, and I fell in love with the approach. And as I began to, you know, apply uh, mind-body medicine in particular to, you know, my own life, as well as my improvements in my movement and my nutrition and um, looking at my body as like, um, you know, my life really is this whole picture, you know, this internal, external, um, and especially going upstream, um, like we do in, in functional medicine to look at, you know, some what, what are the root causes of the things that were, were really ailing me. And so through finding functional medicine, I kind of healed myself, um, I guess. That, that doesn't explain how I got into the sleep work, which is another story we might talk about in a second. But after I um, completed my master's qualification in nutrition, um, I didn't feel qualified as a nutritionist at that point. You know, I didn't feel um, able to help anybody. But it wasn't really until I found uh, your coaching academy and, and did the 12-month the coaching certification that I really developed, um, you know, the, the skills that enabled me to work with and dance with my clients and help them to make changes to lifestyle that, you know, I had the, the first-hand experience of, of making. And so, you know, that in combination with probably my years and years of obsessive study into functional medicine and nutrition and health kind of put like the expert hat on but it wasn't really until you know to use your language that I developed the coaching hat as well and I could begin to you know spin between these and really um you know dance and and kind of work collaboratively with people um whether it be in coaching or you know the the corporate work that I do now you know with big groups of people it really equipped me with the skills um to to do what I do I suppose what an inspirational story to go from where you were, a video game addict who was in poor health, metabolically challenged, to where you are now and the big mission that you have. And I love that you described what you do as doing a dance with people, because that's what coaching is. And that individual who is being coached, they're in the lead, and the coach is just the follower in that dance. What led you to focus on sleep? Yeah, so it's really interesting. Now, um, in my uh, earlier years as a as a gaming addict, I suppose, and what I'd say is, you know, put gaming to one side. Um, one of the biggest challenges that I was facing was overexposure to technology and technology devices, and you know, overexposure to artificial light. And I had no idea about uh, any concepts to do with sleep or circadian rhythms. You know, our, our body's internal twenty four hour rhythms and our body clocks. Until kind of towards the end of my time with FMCA, actually, and then about a year or two after I graduated. Um, I suffered a, a period of burnout, um, and that was as the result of a, a professional and a, a personal relationship kind of breaking down. And I went through um, another period that kind of mirrored my earlier life um, in terms of my poor sleep habits, um, because what I was trying to do at, at that point is, you know, as a fledgling um, coach was get my business going and was super excited and, you know, trying to work every hour of the day and night to work alongside, you know, starting my business and all these sorts of things. And I went through a period of burnout where my sleep really, really suffered. And I decided to take a step back. And um, for about two months, I kind of I walked away from business a little bit and said, well, you know, I've got this huge, um, you know, passion for learning, you know, curiosity, love of learning coming out. And and what can I do? Well, I want to apply the um, kind of insights that I gained through this period to not only solve my own sleep problems, but then, you know, to bring further into my work and work with my clients. And, and I loved everything that I ever learned in my degrees and in functional medicine. And but it really felt that there was this kind of emerging world of you know circadian rhythms and circadian biology and quantum biology and all the science of the new science of light exposure and all these sorts of things. They really kind of piqued my interest. And I realized I kind of had this um, moment where um, I looked back across the last fifteen years of my life and I realized that. 
things such as artificial light exposure, overexposure to technology, lack of connection with nature, you know, many of the principles I teach people now through my, my online programs. And that was a central theme throughout my life. Um, and so I applied a lot of, um, I'd say, quite contemporary um, understandings in the fields of circadian health, you know, sleep health, looking more at uh, my breathwork practices, my relaxation practices, my light exposure and um, different tools and um you know, uh, kind of strategies that we can use in the modern world to help us deal with the contraindications of, you know, living in big societies with lots of technology. Um, and I saw the the quality of my sleep really skyrocket. And, and I realized at that point that I had a, a gift to share. Um, and a little bit later on, um, before we registered, before I registered our charitable foundation, um, I realized that that gift was really for me to share with the person that I once was. Um, and that person being, you know, the 13 or 14 year old gaming addict who was staring at screens all night and had no awareness of the impacts of light exposure or, you know, technology or stimulation. Um, and so that kind of led me further through developing um, the kind of corporate training business, which I have into registering the charity, which now um, we're performing research in um, in schools across the UK. Wow. So can you describe um, that research and uh, what it was like, first of all, setting up that charitable foundation and you're working with kids? Um, describe what that is. Yeah, so um, it's been a journey of surrender, if I'm honest. Um, I could never have told you four years ago when I had an idea to fundraise some money and you know give some blue light blocking glasses to children that it would lead me on a journey to speak to some of the most esteemed scientists in circadian literature or to register a charity or to perform what is quite frankly a world leading you know first of its kind study um it was just kind of this intention to do something to support the child that i was to stop that person going through what i experienced um and so my idea initially uh, one of the things that really changed uh, my my sleep and my sleep health was access to something called blue light blocking glasses. I'm, I'm sure you've probably heard of these before. Um, there's a few different types, but we distinguish the nighttime ones as having this kind of amber or red lens. And the idea being that it blocks um, this wavelength of, of light, blue light from most of our devices, tech and our kind of modern lighting that suppresses um, the hormone melatonin that helps us to to wind down and sleep well. And so I had this idea that, you know, what, what would happen if I gave a load of kids these glasses? Um, and I did. I, I self-funded, you know, gave a few hundred pairs out to, to parents I knew in some local schools. And the feedback was really, really good. And we said, OK, we'll do a small pilot. And we went into a local school and we, we equipped about 100, 150 people, including staff. And we collected some data before and afterwards. This was a few years ago. And again, the results were really good. Um, so I said, OK, you know, being very systems orientated you know i'm looking at this from 30,000 feet up thinking well we've got a you know a mental health ec epidemic in in the youth and i'm thinking you know what would happen if every single one of those ch children could just sleep 10 or 20% better as a result of getting a bit of education and, and maybe you know a tool like the blue light blocking glasses to to help them uh, wind down um you know the caveat is that you know in an ideal world we wouldn't need uh, glasses to block types of light that stop us from sleeping um but you know we ain't in kansas anymore and the truth of it is <laughs> yeah, um so you know true. many children many children need you know any help that they can get and so i saw this this really simple intervention these blue light blocking glasses i saw them as like the low-hanging fruit that could basically help anybody in the modern world and so 
I started speaking to businesses and I said, well, you know, would you give me some money for this stuff? Because unfortunately I can't afford to keep doing it myself. And they said, well, yeah, we'd love to give you, we'd give you money. Yeah, no problem. But I mean, you're, you're a business and we don't just give money to businesses hoping that they'll do what they say they're going to do. And and so, you know, six months later transpires, I, I register a charity. I've thankfully two of my best friends, one of them is an accountant and the other one is a, is a secretary, <laughs> company secretary, which, you know, the universe always provides. Um, so we registered this. And then um, over the last year and a half, really, probably put um, thousands and thousands of hours into organizing this trial. And, and what we um, essentially did in the end is we recruited um, about 550 students aged 14 to 18. So this is what I would call the first phase of our real trial. Um, we split them into four groups and we provided the first group with just blue light blocking glasses. And the idea is for them to wear them for a few hours before bed to see if it would help them to, to sleep better. In the second group, which was, this is a quarter per group, in the second group, we gave them the glasses and we gave them some education lessons. So, you know, really empowering with them, with the information mm -hmm. to make lifestyle change themselves. Um, in the third group, we just provided the education without any glasses. And then in the fourth group, we had a control. And I'm just finishing analyzing. I'm not personally because it's a lot of numbers and a lot of uh, Excel crunching. Um, but the team that's supporting me are just finishing um, kind of analyzing those results. And what we've seen is like massively um, positive impacts in terms of children's sleep quality, their sleep satisfaction, their ability to, you know, get to sleep at night without so much worry and anxiety. Um, and stress and then you know subsequent impacts on their next day alertness and performance and all of the things that I saw in adults for the last three or four years you know where I was working with them whether it be on a one-on-one -on -one basis or in a group coaching environment um but now we really get to you know support the the generation that most needs it right you know um the future generation I guess I love what you have done and a couple things stood out. First of all, that you didn't do it alone. And we strongly believe in FMCA. This concept comes from Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach, who, not how. And so when you needed a statistician, you found somebody. When you needed somebody to help you start a charitable foundation, you found people who know how to do it rather than, oh, starting from scratch. And, and many beginning coaches fall into that trap. They think they have to do everything themselves. And so relying on even your, your corporate partners uh, to help as well. So it's very inspirational to hear this. So what do you think the role of becoming a health coach played in, in all this? Yeah, definitely. So I think, um, and it comes really back to um, something you just said, which is like not doing it alone. Um, like the, by far the biggest thing that ever changed for me in this journey over the last 10 years was really finding my voice and my way to communicate with people. And a lot of the communication style that I've now adopted, you know, when talking about health and well-being, whether it's to a school board, as I'm looking to, you know, um, onboard students for a, a research project, or it's an organization looking for, you know, some training, or whether it's a one-on-one, -on -one, um, you know, client who's looking for some coaching. Um, it's really, you know, this this motivational interviewing um, process that we learned yes. so well through SMCA, you know, it's helping people to understand the destination, you know, where is it that you want to go? Where are the values that um, are mm -hmm. going to take you there? Um, and really helping you to understand somebody else's world, um, not just the information that you want to share with them. You know, there are many, many experts in many areas in life. But I think from what I've seen of those people who, um, you know, have some of the greatest impacts um, and the coaches that I've seen that have the greatest impact is that their ability to communicate um, is above their ability to deliver expertise and recommendations. And I think, yes. um, you know, for me in, in joining FMCA, especially from from the UK, 
um, th there was nobody to talk to about, you know, the things that I believed when it came to health and well-being. Um, I think one of the challenges we've got in the UK is that our approach to health and well-being is still very much governed by an old school model of, you know, calories in, calories out and, you know, moving more and it being, you know, less so about a, a mind body, um, internal, external and whole appreciation of person approach. And so from uh, from my point of view, you know, there was nobody that I could talk to about all of the concepts that we share in functional medicine. And so just to be around a cohort of other students every week, guided by a tutor who was so passionate, um, I'll just give a big shout out to Amberlet. She knows wow. she's probably going to listen to this at some point. Uh, phenomenal tutor. Um, but that in itself, you know, really uh, just allowed me to develop a, a new way of being um, and like a, a great level of confidence that all of the things that I've believed and that I wanted to share with my clients were um, you know I was not alone again you know in in doing that. Uh, thank you for sharing that and your work is just so inspirational. Uh, what do you think the future would hold both where would you like to be personally uh, and what would success look like and then what do you see as the future of health coaching? Wow. That's two great questions. Um, I could spend longer on the first one, so I'll answer the second one first. Um, you know, a friend of mine, um, she's an she's an author, she's a, a nutritional therapist. Um, she was essentially one of the first functional medicine kind of uh uncertified um people that I looked up into in my life. And she said that I wish that for every single diagnosis or for every single prescription that was given out in a doctor's office for a statin or uh, you know, an antidepressant or something like that came along with it, you know, a recommendation um, or a straight up booking to see a nutritionist or to see a health coach. Um, and that, you know, um, we would use the, the what I call the magic and the medicine. Um, and for me, the medicine, you know, is uh, the, the therapies we have available, you know, they may be pharmaceutical and they may be beneficial for many people in many cases. But the magic is the connection. I think the the connection with yourself and the connection with others. And I think that that's what health coaching really, really fosters. Oh, that's so beautifully said. Um, and the future. Wow. I feel like I'm in a coaching session now. I've just been asked <laughs> the, big, the big question. Um, so I think, you know, um, it's a bit of a slow burner with charity work. You know, you can't put your foot on the pedal and rush through the, the hoops that you have to jump through when you're working with big governments and institutions and organizations. But over the last, over the next, sorry, five to ten years, um, I would, I would love to see that the work that our foundation has started and that the evidence that we're gathering, um, impact the lives of over a million children. Um, and I don't say that because I'm dead set on that number, and I'm going to tell you exactly when I hit that frame. But I would just like to know that we've helped as many people as we possibly can. Um, you know, I would dream of a future where. You know, in the same way that everybody who walks into a doctor's office is given the opportunity to speak to a health coach, that every child who ever complains of a sleep problem is given an opportunity to learn about sleep and maybe to be provided with tools like blue light blocking glasses. And I think that until we reach that stage, then we're not really fighting a, a fair chance of giving our, our youth, you know, the greatest opportunities that, that we can. Um, and I think it's never been more important um, in my eyes um, that we do all that we can to support future generations, be that through health coaching their parents, you know, to instill better habits mm -hmm. in their families and in society as we move forward or working directly with, you know, children, families and, and education institutions themselves. 
So um, the way I see success in the future is just being able to continue this work and being able to spread it mm -hmm. as far and as wide as possible um, to begin with you know, my small island of Guernsey and the Channel Islands in the UK. And uh, next, the island next door, after that, the UK, mm -hmm. after that, who knows? Well, I, I just love it. Love your mission, your passion for the work. And we are fully committed to supporting you and helping you to grow. Where can people find you? Sure. So the best place to probably come and find me is through LinkedIn, um, if okay. you're using that as a professional platform. Um, I'm Daniel White on there. You might find me by putting Daniel White Sleep Better, Live Better is the name of my organization. Um, or you can find me on uh, Instagram and Facebook under the handle Daniel White Health. So those would be the best places. But LinkedIn is probably where I'm, I'm most active these days in terms of publishing content, uh, delivering free webinars, um, and things like that. So Okay. Well, check out Daniel White on LinkedIn, other social media, uh, because you you just you are going to reach so many millions of kids, I think beyond a million. And so it is it is wonderful. It's been a delight to talk with you. Thank you for being a student and now a graduate of FMCA and uh, to be continued. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sunday. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more episodes of Fresh from FMCA. Want to learn more about health coaching? Head over to our website, functionalmedicinecoaching.org.